0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Um, Whenever you are listening to this, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Um, uh, You are listening to I Pray This Helps. And um, yeah, I pray this helps. And we are going to definitely do things a little bit differently this week. And, um, you know, so if you're if you notice Uh, A difference in sound quality, it is because I am in my car. I am extremely tired, having gotten maybe three hours of sleep. No, no, probably two hours of sleep, three hours of sleep in the past three days. So, you know, life things... Things that I'm grateful to do, things that I'm glad to do. You know, sometimes you gotta make sacrifices. Um I'm I'm grateful that I get to do those things and, and to sacrifice certain things. Um but you know, so I mean, I guess that's right on post and right on brand with our Saviour and who we'll be talking about today. Uh we are in episode okay this is episode three uh, of season two so episode 13 I believe it is yeah so I'm in my vehicle super tired but we're going to get it in because I I feel like it's my duty to be able to deliver this to you by any means necessary and um, God will provide the increase so whatever noise you hear um, if you'd be so kind to block it out, if you could, I'm—I don't think I'm capable of it, but, <laughs> um, but if you could, that—that that would be great. Um, and so you know, any flubs that we have or whatever, we're just gonna roll with it today, because, uh, yeah, time constraints and all of that type of stuff. So, we are in, we are in, we still are in, John chapter two. Um, We read John chapter 2, verse 1 through 12 thus far uh, last week. So we didn't get out of John chapter 2. Just a small recap. uh, Small recap. I don't want to spend the whole episode recapping. I I realize the first two episodes we spent, you know, well, the first episode I had to catch all up with. You know, that was super important. uh, Second episode, I wanted you guys to... You know, know certain things, and I wanted that to be clear so that we could go forward. Um, if you don't know, if, and if you're not caught up, I would say go back and listen to episode 11, episode 10, 11, and 12, and uh, yeah, meet us back here. Um, same bad time, same bad channel. Um, yeah, so we're still in John, uh, chapter 2. Here's another tidbit that I would like you to know. I hate the phrase tidbit, but here's a here's a uh, here's a little piece in a side that I would like you to know. It will help you to understand the Bible a little bit better. I believe Um, um, one thing to note is that when you read the Bible, remember or know for the first time and then remember thereafter that back in, you know, probably, well, before the 1200s AD, they didn't have chapters. The Bible did not have chapters. They put chapters in there to help break it up and to help you find where they are in the Bible and to help you quote scriptures and things of that nature. But the original manuscripts did not have chapters in them. So they just read through and through. So, Don't feel bad if we're stopping at certain places because we didn't finish the chapter. Sometimes these chapters are just so meaty and full of events like chapter two is that we just not going to be able to get out of the chapter. You know, what I mean, and I definitely want to get out of the uh, chapter. I definitely want to get out of the book of John. But, you know, it's going to take some time to get out of John. Uh, I'm not going to rush it. I'm not gonna rush it. I would like to be out of John by the end of the year. Uh, going on this pace, uh, you know, I say I'll say maybe the second half of the year we'll probably be out of it. But again, I'm I'm just gonna go as this Holy Spirit leads me to go, and I you know I'm just gonna teach this thing as as best as I know how. And so yeah, again, we we are not going to rush a thing. So don't. Don't feel like, oh man, we not out of this, we not out of that yet. That's we not we not playing that. We 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 playing the long game. We wanna we wanna do well. We wanna be able to um rightfully divide the word of truth. And I can't say that enough. You're gonna hear me say that over and over and over again. So, um uh, without any further ado, let's find John chapter two. So again, I'm in my car cut the lights off because i do not want the battery to die (laughs) so i so i'm flipping back and forth from my app praise god that both things work at the same time shout out to the iphone 11 needed this upgrade We'll, we'll do um product reviews another episode i'm just kidding we're not gonna do product reviews okay John chapter two, verse 13. I will read the rest of the chapter and we'll see how far we get today. Um, mm -hmm. Let's go. Uh, John chapter two, verse 13. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and a money changer seated at their tables. And he made a scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then said to him. What sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things? Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, it took 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. But he, he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered what he that he said this. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name, observing his signs which he was doing. But Jesus on his part was not entrusting himself to them. For he knew all men, and because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man. For he himself knew what was in man. Let's pray. Lord, um your word is so rich and so full of life. We thank you for you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for you being the word. We thank you for your We thank you for your Father. We thank you um for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for God. We thank you for you being the triune God. We thank you for being three in one. Um we thank you for being awesome and amazing and powerful and you know having Having all power in the palm of your hands, having having our smallest desires to our biggest worries on your mind, you wanting to take care of us each and every step single step of the way lord we we give you power and and liberty and um to do those things um that you would have us to do, and you would have done for us. Um, And we we cast all of our cares on you um, so that we can free up so that we may be freed up to hear and receive whatever is in your word at this time. Lord, speak to us, speak through me and speak to them, even the words that I am saying um, and allow them to get such a rich and deep understanding of who you are for to know you is to love you. And to love you is to serve you. So um, allow us to get this word in our hearts, so that we may know you and love you, and that we may not sin against you. We love you and we praise you and we glorify you. We count all of these things done in Jesus' name. We pray, Amen. All right. So I know I I kind of just read this, but it was not nearly this calm. It 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 um gets. You know, action is happening here in John chapter two, starting at verse 13. Jesus is not happy. He's not happy at all. So let's read it again. Um, The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, so Passover is a really big thing for Jews. It's a really big thing. It represents the time that Jesus, if you've ever seen, and I will probably reference the Prince of Egypt forever. As many times as the illustration comes to my mind and I deem it to be necessary or is deemed to be necessary. So please don't be mad at me for always bringing up the Prince of Egypt. Um, but I'm pretty sure you've seen it. So. You remember in the Prince of Egypt when they were when they put the blood, the lamb's blood and some of you get it already. um, They put the lamb's blood over the door. And so the lamb. So the Holy Spirit went through that village and through the town and whoever had the blood on the door, it passed over them. Which is why it's called Passover. Those who did not have it. It, it 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 did what he said he would do. Look, I'm going to take your first child. I'm going to take your firstborn son, and so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Little aside, um, there are branches, and I'm I don't even want to call them branches. There are sex, sex s e c t s of of people of groups, small cults I would say, that masquerade themselves as Christians, that masquerade themselves as believers. We won't get into who they are, but they always one of their major things is not celebrating things. When clearly you see in in this Bible that the people of God celebrated Every chance that they got, every every little thing that they that they that was oh oh snap God did this. We're going to celebrate this. We're going to build a monument for this. We're going to build you know pillars for this to remind ourselves of what God has done for us. So, if you feeling bad about celebrating things. And you know, just remember to keep God in your celebration, but if you feel bad about celebrating things, that is not of God. God is all about celebrating things. Be merry, have a good time, enjoy life. He came that we, he that we might have life and to have it more abundantly. It is more than okay to have fun and to celebrate things. These people are the most celebratingest group ever. Okay. So don't, you know, don't fall prey to that. It was like, oh, well, I'm the more holy I get, the less I should enjoy things. No, the more, ooh, the more holy you get, quote unquote, the more quote unquote righteous you get. I don't, you, I don't, cause I don't believe you can get more righteous. You can grow in holiness though. Um, and we'll get into that another day. But the more holy you get, the more you should understand how much there is to be celebrated. You should be walking around with joy. I didn't even get into it. Okay, so Passover. They always celebrated Passover. It was a really big thing. Still is a really big thing. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Jesus was, is, Jesus was Jewish, okay? He he had no problem with being Jewish. And you know, some people they'll try to chip you up like that. Well, Jesus wasn't even a Christian. Jesus was Jesus was Jewish. Okay. Jesus and uh, again, Christianity, we call ourselves Christians. Okay? The word Christian is essentially a slur. They used it to make fun of The early believers in Christ Jesus, all they would call themselves were believers or, you know, children of God, you know, things of that nature. They didn't really have a true name for themselves, but it was it was a way of them persecuting us, people that didn't believe in Jesus. It was them. It was a way of making fun of the early Christians, Uh, you know, Christian meaning little Christ. So they were like, oh, y'all acting like this guy that y'all believe in. And so to them it was a knock, but to us it was the best compliment that you could ever pay to us. So then we took on a moniker of Christian. So, no, Jesus wasn't a Christian because he was the Christ. He's not a little himself. He's himself. Okay. Uh, Anyway, the Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem is like the Mecca, if you will. Um, And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. Now, quick. Now, Passover, if you don't understand Jewish tradition, you won't understand the gravity of of Jesus coming and what his death meant. And what it should have meant to the Jewish people, remember in uh, John chapter one, he came unto his own and his own received him not. So but for the Jew that would receive Christ, this is major because all their lives, every time they sinned or not every time they sinned, but to atone for their sins, they would have to kill animals. You know what I mean? I got a I they needed a sacrifice. So there were certain animals that were supposed to be or supposedly clean. Now they weren't clean, clean, clean. They would just appease God for the moment. Like, all right, cool. I need something innocent to sacrifice for this, to sacrifice for the sins that you've committed or else I'm just going to smash all y'all. Like, I'm just going to kill all y'all because I'm so holy. I'm so holy, I'm so righteous, like I like sin is abhorrent to me, me being God. I'm not God. I'm talking as God in the moment. For anybody that's trying to be dense. Um Um You know, so they had certain animals that that God felt was okay were quote unquote acceptable. To be sacrificed. So he wasn't just taking any old thing. So he was like look. He gave Moses laws. And it was more than just the 10 commandments. He broke down. This is what I want. Tell the people I want this. It was so deep. That like it was just a sign. It was just to show you. Just how holy God was. And how set apart. The chosen people of God. I.e. the Jews. Were supposed to be. These are my chosen people. These are the people that I'm choosing to show my glory and to show my holiness to so that therefore in the long run, you all would be able to receive it because I chose to do this work through them so that you would all receive it and to understand just how dope this gift of Christ Jesus and eternal life is. We do not deserve it whatsoever. So praise be unto God. Um, uh, yes, I'm getting off topic. I'm I'm not getting off topic, but I'm, you know, I'm taking a little detours and stuff, but they're necessary detours. Stay with me. Um, and he found in the temple, those who were selling oxen and sheep, sheep were really good. We'll come to that. Remember Jesus is the lamb and all that. We'll get into all that. Um, and doves, um, and the money changers seated at their tables. So. So we just read that We, we just read that so quick, how quickly the tide turns. Verse 15. And he made a scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple. This is put very nicely. And drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. Jesus, why are you mad? Why are you mad? Why are you mad? They... Here's why he was upset. So remember, I just told you that these animals were there to, to to be sacrificed, right? So you got the sheep, the oxen and doves. They were pure, quote unquote, pure animals to be sacrificed to God, you know, to atone for people's sins for for a moment in time until they sinned again, which would be like probably the next second or probably while they were doing the actual sacrificing of whatever it is. You know, we're human. We're prone to sin. We're going to sin, it's inevitable. Right? So So, but why is he mad? Here's why. These these individuals, the uh the uh the money changers, what they would do is people they would come with their animals with their with their respective animal certain certain sh- certain animals would atone for quote unquote more sins or quote unquote larger sins or whatever it might be so you know if you brought a dove it's like all right well this is good for a little bit you brought it and oxen is like oh snap you did a lot of stuff all right cool like all right this is good for this amount of time or however many you know like how they do in, in catholicism just pray these many Hail Marys or this, that, and the there. We don't have to do that because Jesus did it once and for all. And I cannot wait to get to this part, to that part. But we're not there today. We're here. Understand the gravity of this situation. And here is where we meet a Jesus that is not preached about enough a Jesus that is not talked about enough, a Jesus that is not put on on display enough. Jesus is upset. This is what we call righteous indignation. He's he's angry, he's indignant. This is like really mad. He's indignant righteously. He's he's angry for the right reasons. Jesus knew no sin. Jesus wasn't just walking around being angry. He wasn't an angry person. He wasn't angry for no reason. He was mad because what they were doing was, they would people would come with their animals to you know get their sins atoned for and get do do the whole sacrificial ritual and all of that type of stuff. They handpick these animals. They raise up these animals so that they can sacrifice them because we're going to sin. So. They would take these animals and they would bring them to Jerusalem for Passover. These people would see the animals that these people handpicked that they were like, okay, this is a perfect sacrifice because it had to be a certain type of sacrifice. It couldn't just be any old dove. It couldn't just be any old ox. It couldn't just be any old sheep. They had to be you know, they had to be virgins. They had to be very. They they couldn't be without spot or blemish. Do you understand where this is leading up to? Jesus being the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrificial lamb that takes away all the sin of the world. God was not playing with it and he's still not playing with this sin thing. So. So. So what they would do, these people, they handpicked these things, they surveyed these animals, they looked over these animals, they were like, okay, this is the one that I'm going to take there to get my sins atoned for and to, you know, I'm going to walk away clean, quote unquote, and I'm going to be straight with God. I'm going to be right with God. So they would take these animals to Jerusalem for Passover, and the money changers would look at these animals and find ble- purposefully find blemishes and find impurifications and impurities on these animals so that they could sell them other animals. So like so they would have their own oxen, they would have their own their own um doves, they would have their own sheep. They were like, okay. Okay, is this the one that you're bringing to be sacrificed? they will be like, Yeah, this joint is perfect, and they'd be like, Oh no, this is not perfect. I see this spot right here, and they were like, Where? I see it. It's not. It's not good. It's not good. You gotta buy one of our oxes. You gotta buy one of our doves. You gotta buy one of our sheep. So, and then they would upcharge them. Does that sound familiar to anything going on in in this world today? I would say it does. Um. So. They were upselling these people, you know, you know, pretty much scamming them, these people for for profitable gain. And they would sell it for like, you know, just this. I'm not going to say insurmountable, but it was just it was it was money that was like, yo, this is ridiculous to pay for this. You know, what I mean, I, I, I probably spent money coming over. Sorry, got someone called me. Oh. So I probably spent money coming over here to do all of this type of stuff so that my sins could be forgiven and I could be straight with God for a couple days, months, weeks at the most. And here you go charging me crazy amounts of money to do this. But I gotta do it because I'm a good Jew. I gotta do it because I love the name that shall not be spoken cuz his name is Yahweh we would like to believe um but they view God and we we should we should do this is what well. i i'm not saying we should do this because he's made himself known to us and he's made himself very personal to us but understand this Jews in those times and even in this time his name was so holy they had a he had a name that was so holy that they would refuse to say it So they would just take out, they took out the the vowels in it and just left it. You know what I mean? Like you could read it, but don't say it because that's just how holy he is. Okay. Um, We call him Yahweh and that's what we can derive from that. Um, So, so these people, they, uh, you know, so they were charging these people crazy amounts of money to, to sacrifice this stuff. Also, you know, think about your, uh, I'll, I'll call them, out. I don't care. I don't go to any church. Um, think about, I won't do that. Um, think about certain people that you see on television, quote unquote, televangelists, and, and, and you know, maybe even churches in your area that says, that say, look, we need a thousand. I I feel a thousand dollars in here, or or come come get your blessing and pay a hundred dollars. I, I I just heard a ridiculous stuff about people saying, you know, here, there's a ten dollar blessing. You know, pay a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollar blessing, so on and so forth. You do the math, and I and God does not work like that. In the kingdom of God, there there is no currency that works like that. Um. Yes, I'm on. And so, and so, um, so, yeah, verse 16. And to those who were selling the doves, he said, take these things away. Stop making my father's house a place of business. So if you if you think about these these people in these churches, that that are here today that a lot of people have frequented and they, you know, have left a bad taste in in people's mouths and left a bad idea of who God is in their mind. Understand this. Jesus was, is, and will never be okay with that. Like, so what you see here, go back up. Go back up to verse um, 14. And he found in the temple those who were selling oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at the tables. And he made a scourge of cords and drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. So he's whisking the sheep and the oxen away that they that they brought so that they could upsell these oxen to be sacrificed and all of that type of stuff. But he's whipping these men and these money changers, he's flipping tables over. He's he's doing all types of stuff with the money and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, snap, he is bugging out, but he's not. He made a weapon. So he had time to think about it. It wasn't irrational. It wasn't like he just went off. He went out and he was like, look, let me I'm, I'm gonna make I'm going to make a weapon of, of, of cords. Of, of scourge of cords. I'm gonna put this together and I'm gonna go back in there and I'm gonna let them know exactly how I feel about this. But what authority is Jesus operating up under? Mm. Verse 17. His disciples remembered that it was written Zeal for your house will consume me. This is another this is another sign that they can realize that Jesus is the Christ, because who in a quote-unquote right mind would just do something like that? The Jews then said to him, "What sign do you show us as your authority for doing these things?" See, there, there we go. We found it. Jesus answered them. So Jesus is about to tell them. He, Jesus, does has this way of giving people the answer they need and not the answer that they want. Jesus has this way slash God has this way of giving people the answers that they need and not the answers that they want. Give in a in a way also allow walking people to the answer so that they can have just this epiphanic or, or this epiphanic moment, if you will. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. So we you, you've heard it said that your body is a temple and then they try to use that for you not getting tattoos and stuff like that. It's like, OK, well, if my body is a temple, I'll just make sure that it's a really nice tattoo on the temple. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, the Jews then said it took it took 46 years to build this temple. So the temple was older than Jesus's fleshly body. Um. And will you raise it up in three days? Like you not about to raise it up in three days. It took us 46 years to build this and we still building it. They weren't even done with the temple. But he was speaking. But he was speaking of the temple of his body. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this. And so, you know. Again, again, Jesus has a way of giving you the answer that you need and not the answer that you think that you want. So it's like, look, I'm trying to walk you to understanding, but also understand this. He who has an ear, let him hear. So a lot of times you'll find as we continue on in this book and any teachings of Jesus that Jesus is speaking to he's speaking to everyone. But only certain people will understand what he's saying. And that's how you know that you're, uh, that's how one of the ways that you can know if you're a believer, if, 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 if the word isn't falling on, if the word isn't falling on, um, on hard soil, like if the seeds aren't falling on hard soil and you picking up on it and all of that type of stuff, like even the, even the, um, the disciples were like, what are you talking about? Sometimes. But the more you grow, the more you understand, the more you know, and the more you walk with him, the more you start realizing, oh, snap, I saw what you meant back there. I get it. Now that I'm older in the faith, now that I, I get it now. You have, It's like this. It's like a song you've heard. It's like a song you've heard a million times. And one day you're cleaning up and then the song is on. And like, say like a rap song. Yeah, it's like a rap. It's like a rap song. It's like a a a line in a song that you didn't get before. You experienced some things and now all of a sudden you get the reference and now the line has a whole new meaning to you. It's like that. But way more beneficial at the end of the day. Um verse 20. The Jews then said it took Forty-six years to build this temple. See, they're fleshly, they're earthly. They like these Jews are like well learned people. They they all they spend their whole day thinking about the laws of God and all of that type of stuff. And yet, God in the flesh is right there, and they still don't see him. They still don't know what's going on, and they still don't know why they got whooped and what, like why are we even out here. Why'd you do this? You know, <clears throat> don't miss it. Don't miss it. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. If you're looking for him, he will find you. The word says, Seeking you shall find, knocking the door shall be opened unto you. I won't go there just yet. Uh, verse 22 So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name. Observing his signs, which he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, was not entrusting himself to them. For he knew all men. And because he did not need anyone to testify concerning men. For he himself knew what was in man. So essentially, essentially what this is saying is like, so all it, like Jesus is doing these great and wonderful things. He's flipping tables over. He's, he's um turning water into wine. He's telling his mom, my time has not come yet. You know what I mean? Like John the Baptist is saying like, yo, this is the guy. And everybody's like, okay, well let's follow this guy. And the uh there's some versions that say um but Jesus did not commit himself to them. It's like, dang. Jesus didn't commit himself to to people? Yes. <laughs> but why is that? We you see it right here. And, and because he did not need anyone to testify concerning man, for he himself Knew what was in man, so everybody in the crowds. There were droves of people. There were more than just twelve people following Jesus. So we like to see it as like, oh, Jesus had twelve disciples. Jesus had twelve disciples, and and a crowd of people following him, watching him do these miracles. He committed himself to the twelve. Yes, even to Judas. He committed himself to these people, but he didn't commit himself to everyone. Why is that? Because he knew what was in the heart of man. Why did he know what was in the heart of man? Because he's God. God knows. So when everybody's like, all these people say they like, oh, the Lord knows my heart. He knows my heart. He knows. yes, he does. He does. What does the word say about your heart? The word says. The heart is deceitfully wicked above all things <laughs> the, that's what the word says. But Jesus, why aren't you committing yourself to it? because you haven't committed yourself to me? So no, I'm not going to commit myself to you. You haven't committed yourself to me. I know who has and who hasn't. Those who those who commit themselves to me, that's who I that's who I commit myself to. Was he, so it's different. It's two different types. It's a different type of commitment. It's like, yes, I'm committed to my father till death. You know, we'll find that out in the word later on. He was committed to, to his father to death. He was, he had a mission. Jesus was on a mission. He went and he did his thing for 33 plus years. He went and did his thing. He was obedient unto death. He had a mission. He was on it. But. But he also knew. And I think this is this is when a lot of a lot of people, they come to the conclusion that Jesus didn't die for everyone. And I don't believe that. I do believe that Jesus died for everyone so that you can receive him You so that you have a choice whether you want to receive him or not. I do understand election and all of that type of stuff. But in my opinion, in order for election to work properly, I'm getting lofty, and I'm I'm sure we'll come... But for those who understand, understand. Because I'm sure somebody's like, "Uh uh-uh, but what about the elect? He died for the elect. He died for the elect, but he died for the whole world as well. There's a difference between being elect and being a part of the world. You can be a part of the world and not be... Jesus died... He died for the world. For God so loved the world. It doesn't say, for God so loved the elect. He died for the world. You can... The Bible says that he, um, the Bible says that the Lord um, desires that no man perish. You know what I mean? But we all have decisions. We all can make a choice. So, so, but you commit to something. That's why the Bible says, draw nigh unto me. Draw nigh unto him and he will draw nigh unto you. So. So when it says that he didn't commit himself or like, look, look, he was like, it was basically like, I'm not swayed by these droves of people that are following me because I know why you're following me. Y'all, some of y'all just want to see miracles. Some of y'all really do want, some of y'all really do want to be saved. Some of y'all want to be healed. Some of y'all want to see a spectacle. Some of y'all don't have anything better to do. How do we contextualize this today? Um, You see it. You see it. I've seen it many a times. I've seen people be in church and play church and want to be in and want to be in the charismatic and the most charismatic churches and see healings and see people rise on the floor and see people dance and do this, that, and the third. But they have no part with Him. But the Bible says, but well, the Bible says that um, in the latter days you'll see people um, that um, take on a form of godliness you know but the truth is far from him. and you know and the bible says in the, in the in the um you know in the last days people will come to him and they'll say you know savior or lord lord they'll call him lord and they'll be like look didn't we heal people in your name didn't I do this didn't I do that in your name and the lord will be like depart from me i never knew you so you have to you have to know you know what I mean? Like know why you are following him and let it be for the right reasons. Do you want him or do you just want his miracles? Do you want him or do you just want morality? Because you can have morality. You don't need Jesus to be moral. He didn't come to die for the moral. It's not about morals. Morals. It's not about morals. Get that out of your mind. It's not about how can we be better people? No, he'll make you a better person by you dying and and dying to yourself. So that you it's to show, oh, snap, look at look at what the Lord has done and look at what the Lord is doing and look at how real he is. He changes lives. It's not about morals. It's not about morals. It's not about gifts. It's it's not all of that. All of that type of stuff. The moralistic stuff. The fruits of the spirit. The 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 full armor of God. The 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 you know the spiritual gifts. The X Y Z. This that and the third. All oh, the good deeds and all of that. It's supposed to point back to Him. Do you want a relationship with Him? Understand this. Jesus had a crowd of people following him and we'll see this in chapter four and five and et cetera and so on. He had people following him and then at at some point Jesus just gets fed up and and just says this wild thing, which is which is true. And we'll get into that. He was like, yo, who's really following me? Not that he didn't know, but it's like, yo, make a decision. Because I got some hard stuff that we need to get to. You either with me or you not. If you can you can be moralistic all day. There's some moralistic atheists. And they that got way more morals than Christians for no reason. I don't know why you have morals and you're an atheist. What are your morals for if there's no God? But whatever. Understand. Understand, again, to know him, know him. Like, look, look, I'm like, Jesus wants a relationship with you. If if you don't want to have a relationship with him, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. You're not wasting his time. You're wasting your time. Choose ye this day whom you will serve chapter three, we going to get into some weighty stuff. That's why, that's why it's set up like that. Remember what I was saying? They don't break up into verses. It goes straight into this whole situation with Nicodemus, who, who is, um, who's a Pharisee. And he's like, look, how do I, how do I, how do I get saved? Or he don't even ask, how do I get saved? He's like, look, I know you're a great teacher. And Jesus just cut to the quick. And he's like, look, yo, you got to be born again, fam. Like you want to be cool, you want to do all you doing all of this. You stumbling on a stumbling stone. The Bible says that there is set up in Zion a rock of offense and a and a, a stumbling stone and a rock of offense. Guess who that rock of offense is? We've been talking about him for the past three weeks. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this time. I thank you for you coming to save our souls and giving our lives meaning. You said um, that you want to commune with us. You said that you stand at the door and you knock. Like you love to eat. You love to break bread with us. You love to to be with us and, and dwell. Your word says that um your your word says that um you know you where two or three are gathered, you will be in the midst. Your word says that um you know You know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, like, et cetera, et cetera. It always talks about abiding and being with us, where it says that you, you, um, you've tabernacled, you've made yourself like you made an earthly body so that you can literally tabernacle and dwell with us and be with us. Allow us to know you more, Lord God, and I don't know, just have your way in us, Lord God. You know, we, wanna, we want to know who you are. We want to be with you. We want to put our faith in you. We want to put our trust in you. You have saved us. You are saving us. And we shall be saved. You have justified us. You are currently sanctifying us. And you will glorify us. We love you and we glorify you. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening to this. Might be might have been a hard truth, but. You know, you, I'm trying to tell you, you ain't seen nothing yet. It just gets. Hope you are learning about who he is. He's not just he's not just this little frail, frail dude. He was flipping tables. He was very serious. Jesus was a man's man. Jesus is a man's man it's it's this is not for the faint of heart this is so like when people are like oh, if you scared go to church i'm like fam like you have no clue it's a whole different ball game out here you really need the lord to live this life but i pray that this is really helping you i i really do pray that this helps and um let me know if i if i didn't explain anything well just like i, I say every week let me know if I didn't explain any, if I didn't explain something well enough for you. If you need me to break something down, if you want me to unpack something a little bit better or whatever it might be, because we are going to go over this with a fine tooth comb. Because I'm not gonna, you're not gonna get from me like that. That's what the pr- purpose of this podcast is, so people can't say that they didn't know. You got someone here that's literally willing to teach and to show you. And just know that you are strengthening and edifying me as well as you guys continue to encourage me to continue on with these podcasts. We'll be back on our regular format next week, prayerfully. But thank you for listening to this. Have a great week. Peace.